Welcome to Eyes West, the podcast for movers looking for a new place to live in the American West and the best connections to get it done. Here's your host, Dick Crawford. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Eyes West. This is Dick Crawford, and today's introduction was from today's guest, Tony Burns from Lubbock, Texas. Tony and I have trained in the same network for many, many years, and we have a very similar approach to the real estate business. That's why I trust her implicitly. Today's episode is a wonderful experience to get to know her a little bit better and, of course, the area that she serves. So thank you for being on the program today. Tony, how are you doing? I'm great, Dick. I really appreciate you inviting me to be part of this. Well, it's good to have you with us. Let's just jump right in, start with your work. Take a quick minute here. Where are you in your real estate career today? Um, I have been in real estate for a little over seven years now, so um, I'm really feeling like my business is going well, and I'm, I'm at a point where I'm really loving what I'm doing. That's a good place to be, regardless, regardless of your career. That's a great place to be. Real quickly, let's uh, get a brief profile on how you work. Uh, as you've been in the business for seven years, what's your approach to the business of real estate? So just a really, really quick backstory. Um, I was raised in a family, in missionary family raised in Italy, and then my family did mission work, my husband and I and our kids for 10 years. So um, I naturally had to bring that in into my real estate approach. And when at the beginning, I I was really having a hard time making that work, but then I really started focusing on working by referral and just serving people and not really worrying about the transaction, but just worrying about taking care of people. So right now my business is, I'm probably at 98 to 99% just referral and, and I'm really loving it. That's a fantastic way to build a business. We all know that so well. In our work as realtors, in your work as a realtor, I'm sure you wear a lot of different hats. What's your favorite hat to wear while you're dealing with people? I think probably my favorite hat is just the connector hat. I love introducing first-time home buyers with a great lender that's going to really take care of them or introducing them to different service providers. And one thing I just love is because I work by referral, I can be that connector for life. I've had some clients call me. I had one just recently call me a couple weeks ago, and he said, hey, I need to have a business meeting for about 15 people. I need a, a restaurant that will let me have a private room. Do you know anyone? And it's just great to be able to connect them and say, yeah, let me find that for you. I find a lot of pleasure in helping them connect with the people that they need. There you go, full service. Now, in terms of clients, connecting clients to parts of your business in the process and putting them together with, with uh, what's necessary to get a house done. Uh, how do you help them feel comfortable and engaged during that process? Well, there's, you know, there's lots of discussions that we have, but I like to just really not just tell them, but show them that I can be their trusted advisor. We go through a lot of dialogues where I just explain to them, this is what the next step is. This is how we're going to do it. You know, don't worry. It's just a bump in the road. We can get over it just helping them know that they can trust me and the people that, that I connect them with and the steps that we're going through. And I'm sure in terms of being a connector, the follow-up to that is stay close. You know, I'm here. Hang on. Don't, don't be deviating. I can, I can oh, keep yeah. you connected, right? Yeah, for sure. If I'm looking at the map and I, I have my trusty map here, you can hear it jiggling there. I can see, uh, I can see Lubbock in the north part of Texas. Describe the area in terms of your geographic boundaries uh, of service. What should people consider when they're thinking of your service area? 
it's pretty interesting because, and we're going to talk about this maybe a little bit later, but, you know, Lubbock is, is called the hub city. That's what, what we call it. And so we have a pretty large radius that comes into Lubbock for services, but also we have some people that work in Lubbock want to live a little bit outside. So, our, you know, the main area that I, I service is Lubbock, Shallow Water, Warfers, but there are quite a few people that will live 45 minutes, 50 minutes away, and still this is where they do their shopping and everything. You know, I can go about an hour radius, but there's some some bigger towns where if there's a great agent there, like Midland, Odessa, I've got some incredible agents there, and they can do a better job of taking care of them just because they're right there in that town and can give really good quality service. So if it's much farther than 45, 50 minutes, then I'm definitely going to send that to one of my trusted realtors that can take great care of them. And that's the referral process at work right there. As much as you receive referrals from people, you also freely give them out because in the end, as you mentioned earlier, the most important part is taking care of the client. It's not the transaction. It's, it's connecting people to the right person. That comes screaming through in the comment you just made. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, for sure. I mean, when an agent really focuses just on the transaction and not the people, I know agents that will drive two hours just to try to get a transaction, but I don't feel like that's what's best for my clients. I would rather make sure that they have a real good expert that can really service them in that area and make sure that they're taken care of. To me, that's more valuable than getting a paycheck. And actually, it's more fun when you've got a client where it really makes sense. If you've got a client where it's not making sense, it tends to be no fun for, for the agent as well. Exactly. Well, here's a chance for an elevator speech. Give me three bullet points that you want our listeners to, to remember about the call. Um, Lubbock, we are a college town, so we're, we're probably about 260, 270 population now, and we have around 45,000 college students between a couple different colleges. We've got Texas Tech University, Lubbock Christian University, so we definitely have a college town, and with that, we have a lot of activities that cater to the college students, but another interesting thing is a lot of times the college students will leave Lubbock and say, oh, I'm done with Lubbock, I've graduated, and they move away. But then what we see a lot is once they start getting married and having families, they realize just how incredible Lubbock is. So then we get them moving back. And once they come back, they realize just the amazing art scene that we have. We do have a brand-new Buddy Holly Center. It is um, one of the top performing arts centers in the United States. It has seating for 2,200 in one room, seating for 425 in another. We've got ballet, symphonies, big-time concerts come, comedians. There's really a lot to cater to a lot of different age groups, and I love that about that, that we're very multi-generational. Take two minutes and tell us about the area. Go a little bit deeper with that. Uh, you know, what, what can people expect to find there in Lubbock? You know, geographically, we're pretty flat. We're kind of known for being flat and windy. And sometimes that gets a bad reputation. But let me tell you, if you've never seen a West Texas sunrise or sunset, you need to see one. They're just absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. But what's interesting is we do talk a lot about just the flatness of it. But we also, if you drive about 15 minutes out, there's Ransom Canyon where my in-laws live. And then we also have the Palo Duro Canyon, some beautiful canyons, just real interesting contrast in scenery. And then, like I said, we are a college town, so we've definitely got that going with 45,000 or so college students. There's always lots of great activities going on. We definitely miss them when, when college is out of season, we can tell. Can you really just all of a sudden, boy, it's quiet around here. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fifth of our population. So especially during COVID when 
you know, when they were all at home, we could get through stoplights a little bit faster. We could get into a restaurant sooner, you know, but we, we love having them here. We love the hustle and bustle when they're here. So, Yeah, there's a price to pay for not having people around. I mean, it's it can be nice for traffic or other conveniences, but it's just not as exciting and not as vibrant and not as fun. Yeah, for sure. Can you go into a little bit more uh, detail or depth uh, regarding those activities during the year? Yeah, um, like I've mentioned a couple times, we just have so many activities. One of the things that I do every Friday is I do a video on my Facebook page and just talk about some upcoming events that are coming for the weekend, and it's always just amazing. I have to narrow it down because my video is only a minute of just listing things, but there's so many things going on that I could really go on for five, ten minutes just listing different things around town. So I, I really love that about Lubbock. We have so many activities. And um, one of my favorites is the First Friday Art Trail. This is a really neat event downtown where lots of art studios open up. There's musicians on the street. There's photographers, different artists selling their goods, all kinds of food trucks. And we do this every First Friday um, and that's really neat because it's also right across from the Buddy Holly Center. And as far as activities with the Buddy Holly Center, there's probably three to four shows a week, whether it's the ballet, symphony, whether it's comedians. Brian Regan was here recently. Um, Alton Brown did a cooking show a couple nights ago. We went to The Price is Right. There's just always something at the Buddy Holly Center, whether you're interested in ballet, symphony, or you know any kind of the arts. Is there any annual festival that goes on? We have quite a few wineries here in town, and there are some wine festivals. A lot of people don't think about West Texas as wine country, but a ton of grapes are grown in this area. The ground is just really good for it, and so we do have we do have a wine festival. And then we have, of course, you know, our annual barbecue cook-off. We have a really neat place called Cook's Garage. It started as a garage where a gentleman was holding his old cars and his antique signs. And it just continued to grow, and now it's a huge venue for concerts. And the Cotton Fest is here every year, and there's just a big concert, two, three days long, with country singers from all over that come in and perform. So the place probably really lights up during an event like that. Oh, it is crazy, and it's just a couple miles from my house, so you definitely want to avoid <laughs> the traffic during those times. And then also at that same location, there are a couple annual rodeos. We just had that last weekend, the big big rodeo there. And how does the population balloon during events like that? Because uh, you don't have a huge population, so you probably really recognize an influx. Well, you know, we do. But as I mentioned earlier, we are the hub city. And so it's re we have a really interesting dynamic because there's about a 100-mile radius where people come in, whether it's to go to the doctor, whether it's to go to a specialist, some come in even just to get their hair cut and their nails done. It's definitely where they come to do their back-to-school shopping, to go to Costco, to stock up on groceries. So we have an interesting dynamic because at all times we have people coming in from the 100-mile radius, and a lot of times they even come in just for date night. So it, it does go up a little bit, but we're pretty accustomed to having all the visitors. We have so many basketball tournaments, volleyball tournaments, baseball tournaments that are hosted here, and people come from all over Texas, New Mexico, Colorado for those tournaments. So we're, we're pretty well suited for having lots of visitors. So even though we're only 250,000, we definitely feel like a town that's much bigger than that because at all times we have a lot of people from around the surrounding areas in town. And that's what it means to be the hub. Tell me one thing that you love about the city and why. Just just one thing. And you've kind of mentioned a couple things here and there, but 
pick one out and tell me why you love your city. You know, I mentioned the diversity in age groups, and I just love how they come together a lot. We have a ton of, of farmers markets that are almost year-round, and I love just the way the community gets involved with each other. We support small business and support each other, whether it's Friday Night Lights. You know, we're in West Texas. We're home of Friday Night Lights. The community gets together. Whether they have a player on the field or not, we're going to be there to support. You know, that's really what I think about about West Texas. And that is partially why I think uh, college students return to live there. Does that make sense? I agree, yeah. I don't know that they always see that when they're here because they're kind of in a different stage of life. But once you start starting the family and realizing what's really important, that's definitely in the back of their mind. Along those lines, what would be primary reasons that people are moving to the Lubbock area? Wow. You know, when we um, hit 250,000, we were told by economists and stuff to be prepared to know that once you hit that threshold, you just kind of keep growing. Texas Tech provides a ton of jobs. Another great thing is we just um, are opening two Amazon distribution centers, and that's definitely bringing people in. And last week, it was announced that the world's largest mozzarella plant is going to be built here in Lubbock. It's going to bring at least 600 new jobs. The, the really neat thing about that is, I don't remember, I think it's like 85,000 gallons of milk a day are going to be going through there. So also we have a lot of local dairies, and that's going to really support our local dairies. So they're going to start building that in 2022, but it's going to take about two to three years to build the facility, so it won't open until about 2025. So you got some stuff going on. You do have that growth that they were talking about. It's, it's not skyrocket, but it is solid growth with solid jobs. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just before the call, you talked about um, it was 40 degrees this morning and it's going to be 70. What about the climate? Do people move there for the climate, uh, maybe for health reasons, or do they just enjoy it once they get there? Yeah, we are not famous for our climate. Um, you know, in the in the spring, we're known for being we're known for being the windy city. Um, definitely some wind and dirt storms. If you haven't ever heard of a haboo, you need to look that up online. But something everyone should experience at least once in their life. But, um, you know, it's just part of it, living in West Texas. It's definitely not everybody's favorite part of here, but once you learn about the people and the community, it's definitely worth going through. But as far as temperature-wise, we get pretty warm in the summer, and there's going to be a couple weeks, maybe three or four in the winter where it's freezing or below, but I would say we probably stay at, in the wintertime, closer to 50, 60 degrees. Mm, that's beautiful then. And the sunrises make up for everything, right? Yeah, like I said, if you you know, if you don't have the, the benefit of living here, at least come visit and see a sunrise and a sunset cuz they're absolutely beautiful. Now, you mentioned a couple of of uh, new employers coming in, Amazon plants or um, distribution centers and then the dairy plant and such, and of course you've got um, employment at the college. What are some of the other industries or employers that are represented for as options for employment? Yeah, one of the huge ones is Texas Tech has a medical school. So with medical school comes a huge medical district, and that is a huge force for our community. There's any, any kind of health care that you need is here in Lubbock. And so that is a huge employer for us. Of course, we've also got farming. You know, if you're into farming, this is a great place to farm. The cotton fields are looking absolutely beautiful right now. It's harvest time and just pure white fields. 
but also one you know one thing that that is happening is we have a new loop coming in and that's going to be a 36 mile loop broke ground on that last week and that's a 12 to 15 year project which is what they're saying so i'm going to guess probably 20 years um but (laughs) that's you know if you're if you want a job in construction or in the public transportation there's going to be job security there for quite a while nothing like job security for quite a while (laughs) yeah describe two or three ways that a new resident can get involved in the community and you know there's the standard rotary club and church groups and pta and such but what are some maybe some local organizations that are unique to the area that somebody could get involved with as a new resident yeah like i mentioned you know just our community really works together and we support each other so we do have a lot of smaller nonprofit organizations some that that i love and am passionate about is we have the pirate pantry and this was just an organization that a friend of mine started a few years back and I helped her with it. But we, we really want to bring dignity to, well, we do it for elementary, middle school, and high school children, but just we want them to have new clothes, you know, if they can't afford it. We don't want them to always have hand-me-downs. And so we have this pirate pantry where um, children who are maybe food insecure or financially insecure, they can come on Fridays and get a new outfit get some food, get some hygiene products, make sure they're taken care of over the weekend. And then during the year, we have different drives where we'll set up a whole shop because a lot of these children that we service don't have money to buy presents for the people they love. And so we'll set up a little shop with just small gifts, and we allow them to choose a few gifts, and we wrap them for them so that they can have a gift to give their grandmother or their mom or their favorite teacher during the holiday season. And and it's a super easy ministry to work with, whether it's just you want to donate a $10 gift card or you want to donate a bottle of bath and body lotion, or if you want to get involved where you adopt one of the kids and help them celebrate Christmas. There's lots of levels to get involved in that, and I just love it because it allows children who are already struggling at home just to feel a little more normal and get to do the things that they hear their classmates talking about or wear the same sweatshirts that their classmates are wearing and even just it's amazing just letting them have a school shirt with their school logo on it. You know, their parents couldn't afford to buy a shirt with their school name on it. But just to give them something like that and watch them walking down the hallway and and being proud, that is, you know, definitely something I'm passionate about. That was a great, uh, great description, great story, boy, and what great impact that has. You know, somebody was saying, uh, if you want to change the world, the best thing you can do is change where you live. And, you know, obviously it all comes down to us as, the, as individuals, but what you described is a, a, a very simple way, maybe not easy, it's, it's work, but a very simple way. And you're, you're changing your community, you're changing those lives in a very, very simple way. And that's the way we can contribute. Kind of nice to belong to an international organization, but boy, when you can dream up something like the Pirate Pantry and make a difference in your own town, that's huge. Yeah, and, you know, just on that, we've been in it for a couple of years now, and it's really neat because we've been able to see kids who have gone on and gotten jobs. You know, when you walk in the donut shop and there she is, she's sitting there working and earning money, and she's proud of herself. Or you run into Sonic, and and there he is. He comes out, and he's proud, and he realizes that he can be accomplish his dreams. So even though it seems like something really small, it's, it's amazing to see what giving kids a little bit of confidence can do in their future. Well said. Very well said. Let's talk about growth for a minute. You don't have skyrocketing growth, but 
Are regional services pretty good? Are they able to keep the pace with everything that's going on? Yeah, so um, there's a couple things I, I really love about our city and our school district. So our school district is one of the fastest growing. I believe the last time I heard we were the second or third fastest growing school district in Texas. And um, what I've loved about our school leadership and our um, school board is they've been proactive. Instead of waiting till we had to start, you know, moving kids into mobile classrooms, we've already passed bonds. We've started building on a new high school, new middle school, and another elementary school. Even though it's, we're not quite meeting them just yet, we're being proactive so that we have those in place so that we don't ever have to have large classrooms, not enough teachers, and the facilities for them. So that is just one thing I have loved about our school district is being proactive and looking ahead to the growth and being prepared for it. And as far as the city, you know, I kind of mentioned earlier that we've got the new Lubbock Loop 88 that's coming up. That's 36-mile loop going to be connecting some of those smaller communities I mentioned, the shallow water wolfers that are in our area. It's a 12- to 15-year program, but it's once again, if you look at where it's being built, some people think, well, that's kind of out of town. Well, it is, but it's the part of town where we're growing. So, you know, I just, I really have appreciated that about our community and our schools, just being forward thinkers and planning ahead and being prepared for the growth that, that we're foreseeing. Not enough areas take that page out of history to learn that and plan ahead. Um, Phoenix did a pretty good job of that. They're growing like crazy but they did a similar loop project and they're growing right into it. Um, you yeah. may not uh, have the Phoenix growth on your radar, but nevertheless, you're taking steps to address what you think your own growth is going to be. And not enough places do that. It's they're, They involve tough decisions and maybe some tax dollars. So that's good to hear that yeah. you guys are good to hear that you're taking that step forward. Yeah, I'm very proud of Lubbock and our school district. So let's talk about real estate for a minute. That's kind of why we're here. Southern California cities have just ridiculous average prices. Tell me about your local median or average home price and what that gets, what that house looks like. Yeah, we've definitely, um, quickly, our, our average price has gone up. You know, about four or five years ago, we were at $150,000, $160,000 for the average house. But as of this week, the average price for a house in Lubbock is 259000 and that's including both new build and existing construction. So if you're looking at a new build house, the average price is closer to about three forty. But if you're okay with a house, you know, that, that's older and not brand new, you can get into something for about two forty five, two forty seven. That's a big increase over that, uh, would you say, five years? Yeah, it really is. So on average, Lubbock appreciates at about 3 to 6% a year. That's kind of been our historic amount. But the last few years, we've gone up at about 10%. Man, That's, that could be tough for the, uh, for the local population. Are they a little bit shell-shocked? You know, a little bit. But here's the really neat thing about Lubbock is if you look at statistics and uh, compare it to the rest of the United States, we're still quite a bit under a lot of the other markets. So we're definitely getting less house than we're used to getting, but we were kind of spoiled for a while with what we were able to get for such a low price. So okay, um, I think, 
I think for the majority, you know, we've pretty much realized we're still under the average in the United States, and which is why it, this is a huge area for out-of-town investors. We have so many out-of-town investors that come in here and, and buy properties. They can just get so much more house for their money. Now, what does that house look like, that average house? What, what are you getting in terms of amenities? So that new construction I actually have, you know, it's saying the new construction is at about three hundred and forty. I have a three hundred and forty thousand dollar house under contract right now. And it is a three bedroom, two bathroom, two car garage, a decent sized lot, and we're talking about twenty five hundred to twenty eight hundred square feet. Okay, and what's a decent sized lot? Um I don't have the exact number in front of me. Well, that's all right, uh, because you know, decent sized in Texas, as everybody knows, might be completely different than decent sized in the rest of the country. <laughs> There's a little sure. bit more more size involved. So I'm thinking, you know, quarter acre, ten thousand square foot, maybe half acre no. or less, or what is it? Yeah, so a good sized lot here is probably about nine thousand square feet. So it's not quite a quarter acre, but it's a lot more than the uh, 5,000 or 6,000 that so many different metros have. So that's good. A little bit of elbow Correct. room. And we still Ooh. have quite a bit of acreage, you know, and we have a lot of places where you can get acreage. So you can get a house with five acres and add about $12,000 an acre to the price of the house. Very interesting. I've never heard a, a metric like that. Nobody's spoken about it in those terms. That's very interesting. $12,000 per acre, kind of, sort of. Well, and it kind of, you know, it kind of depends on which part of town you're in, but I know yesterday I was looking at some different neighborhoods and the price of the house and then you added about 12000 and it had five acres on it was what it was listed for. Now, what about the supply of new homes? Is construction on the move? Is there a lot of new construction? What's the story there? Yeah, there's a ton of construction. Obviously, because we're a college town, we also see a lot of, you know, apartment construction, which we're more than happy for those apartments to come in because that takes care of our college students, which allows us to have more housing for the rest of the population. But we definitely do see uh, quite a bit of new construction. We have so many builders. We have one builder in particular that's really buying up some big pieces of land and developing them, and we're, we're really grateful for that. Now, can a buyer find a rental for a few months if their house is under construction? I mean, if they sell their house and and they need a place to be while the while the new one is being finished? Yeah, so that can get a little bit tricky, and especially depends on what time of the year you you know the that rental is needed. Most people aren't going to want to do anything lower than a 12 month, but I do know quite a few that will do a six month. It's just going to be at a higher price because of that turnaround. But occasionally, you know, I do have a network of realtors here in Lubbock, and we communicate with each other. Sometimes we have an, a place where we can put somebody for two to three months. It's not always ideal, but, but we have been able to find that recently. And how can you help an out-of-town buyer with new construction? Yeah, I actually, I have a, quite a few out-of-town buyers, whether it's new construction or existing construction. And in all honesty, I kind of handle them the same, but I do a lot of video showings. I also do um, some videos that I'll post onto a YouTube link so that they can send them, but I definitely want to take videos during the different processes and the different steps if they're not able to be here. I 
love to go to the inspections, check on that. A lot of people don't even think about this, but I, I do an inspection after the home is built, even though it's a new build, just to make sure that all the little details have been taken care of, the, the new construction I was talking about that I'm closing on next week for 340000 You know, we had a list of 10, 10, 12 things that needed to be fixed. So I, I, I always recommend that we do an inspection after the house is completed. But I do love doing the FaceTime tours and being in constant communication with them. If they need me to meet with the builder, look at samples, send them pictures, send them videos, help describe some things. Because sometimes you look at the carpet or you look at the, the plank flooring, and in the picture it looks a little bit different, or in the video it looks a little bit different. So I love to, to be able to explain. Or, you know, if we have to, we'll put a sample in the mail and mail it to them. But I definitely want to make sure that they're happy with their choices. Well, there you go. That's a perfect example of just having somebody, an advocate, having an advocate on your side. Um, it's one thing to have the builder's representative, uh, who can be a very caring person, have them doing it for you. But there's just, it's a little bit different, a little bit better having an independent advocate on your side. So that's a big service that you provide. I'm sure you know that, but um, just wanted to make that point. That's a huge contribution to the process. Yeah, it really is, and a lot of times people don't realize that builder's representative is representing the builder and trying to get the job done for, for the builder, and it's really important that you have somebody as a buyer that is really making sure that your best interest is taken care of. Not that the builder's not worried about your best interest, but they're more focused on building the house and getting done what they need to do, so it's definitely yeah. highly recommended that you have somebody helping you with that st those steps. Your point is driven home, too, with the idea that you do a do a home inspection after the home is built so that you can double check the you know the workmanship the quality of the house uh, that's another another good example of you know verifying that the builder is doing a good job yeah I try to remind them it's built by humans humans make mistakes even the best of us make mistakes so it doesn't ever hurt to double check things now what two or three things do you think a, an out-of-town buyer out-of-area buyer should consider when looking to buy in in your area I always make sure that when I'm talking to a client, I really understand their needs and um, what they're wanting out of the house or out of living in Lubbock. So it definitely depends on what stage of life they're on or in. Um, you know, if they've got kids, then we definitely need to talk about there's three different school districts and they're ran very differently and the taxes are different in each school district. So it, I really like to cater it specifically to the client and what stage of life they're in. If they're a college student, they're wanting a quick commute or they don't have a car and they're going to ride the bike, then we've got to look at, you know, location and being close to campus. So, you know, I, I don't have two to three specific things just because I really want to look at each person individually and see what fits best their needs with us having different school districts, with us being the medical district, do we need to be close to that or not? Where is your work? You know, you can get to anywhere in Lubbock in 15 to 20 minutes, but you might want to be closer to work because, you know, I've had a guy that was an EMT and he was a higher up trainer and he had sometimes where he had to quickly, he had to be within five minutes of his office. That's important to look at. So I really like to you know, define the two or three things once I've actually visited with them and know their specific needs. That was very good advice or a very good approach to how you give advice. We have just talked about so much today. Is there anything that you'd like to add? Is there anything that you think we missed? I don't think so. I mean, Lubbock is just an incredible place to live and a wonderful place to invest in real estate. 
Well then, Tony Burns from Lubbock, Texas, thank you for being on the show today. I enjoyed catching up, and I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. I appreciate you giving me this opportunity. Pleasure was all mine, Tony. You take care and have a very productive rest of the year and a fantastic opening to 2022. Thank you. You too. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Tony Burns from Lubbock, Texas, and obviously a very experienced and personable professional ready to help you in the Lubbock area. If you would like a formal introduction, please feel free to contact me or your local agent, and we will be happy to hook you up. And of course, Tony will be happy to consult with you. To understand the real value of using a realtor known to me and my colleagues, such as Tony, listen to the first episode of Eyes West, and then again to the 51st episode of Eyes West. They're basically the Eyes West resource, talking about why this is such a great resource for you. And I make a few points in those talks. One of them is the value of relationships. And Tony mentioned it today with a different word called connections. So whenever searching for Eyes West and you want to make that connection, be sure to enter Eyes West as one word. Our Facebook page is called Eyes West Podcast. You can find all the episodes there as well. To learn more about me, you can Google me as Dick Crawford Realtor, and I'm always available for your real estate needs here in North Orange County, California. And I have trustworthy colleagues throughout California who can help in areas outside my expertise. That's all for today. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, be good, be well, and be safe. <music>